This is Larry's 530 Roundtable on Newstalk 610 CKTB. Let's meet today's panel, local freelance writer, editor of Cruise and Travel Lifestyles magazine, Liz Fleming, back on the panel today. Hello, Liz. Hi, Larry. How are you? It's nice to be back. Thank you for coming in. And also, political critic, Rotarian, co-chair of the advisory board, St. Catherine's Museum, Robert DeWolf in the studio. Hello, Robert. Hello, Larry. Thank you. Thanks for coming in today. Uh, uh, the whole uh, family's on the, the radio today, Liz, right? <laughs> yeah, my husband was on with Tim this morning talking about all the students moving back into Brock. He runs the, my husband Jamie runs the residences at Brock. Oh, so wow. Okay. It's a big, big deal. Uh, every year we gear up like crazy for Sunday when all the kids come back. So there'll be 2,400 students moving back into residence. That is, yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, I guess there's a little drips and grabs, but to do that in one day, the majority... It would be incredible. Yeah. I don't know how it happens every year, well, frankly. Well, I have, I have to give a lot of credit to Jamie and his team because they have it set up so that every student has an arrival time. And so that means you have no backups in the parking lots. You have people to help move the kids in. And it just goes like clockwork. It's amazing. I, I can never believe that it goes so well every year, but it does. So, but somebody's late, then what happens? I mean, I don't want to get into the whole system here, but... <laughs> well, if they're a little late, then they might have to wait a little. Things, yeah. But generally speaking, people wow. are pretty crisply on time because kids are excited. They want to go. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Uh, Robert, how are things at uh, Rotary? Rotary, very busy. Uh, thank you. Uh, we just rounded up our... Uh, uh, rib fest, which was very successful again this year, and uh, we're starting to work towards our TV auction, which is going to be online again this year, which uh, made a big difference. Wow! Yeah, yeah. and rib fest success, I, I assume. Gosh, it's a great weekend. Oh, great absolutely! Yeah. We had the weather. You know, I think it rained maybe for forty minutes on Friday night, and you know the bands were great, uh, the people were great. Uh, you know, no incidents going on, and uh, no, it was. Uh, yeah. Very, very well received again. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Uh, love the rib fest. Have you thought of setting it up 365 days a year so we can get <laughs> ribs every day? Yeah, I don't know. You know something, Larry? If if we were uh, a club of maybe 400, yeah, you know, it'd be possible. But uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a lot of man hours and I, I imagine, people hours. Yeah, but well done. Uh, hey, here's, here's a good segue to food here. Uh, the Oceana Canada study about fish is not the fish you think it is no i know i was hearing that on the news this morning it shocks me and it kind of horrifies me because i've been trying to eat more fish exactly it's supposed to be a healthy alternative but i after i listened to the news this morning i did a little research and according to what i read um we have been eating something called escolar escolar and it's referred to in the business as the laxative of the ocean. Yes. Because isn't that lovely? Isn't that mm-hmm. lovely? Because yeah. it's it's such an oily fish. And when you say uh, laxative, if there's a positive to the word laxative, <laughs> it's not like this is, well, I'm eating some high-fiber moving foods. This is actually can actually hurt you. It can. It can, it can make you very stomach, sick. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I don't know a whole lot about fish. So I trust the packaging. I trust what I read on the packaging. And I do try to buy it fresh. Uh, at the grocery store from from the fishmonger at the grocery store but again i'm not sure how much they know well that was that was the problem is this is this boat to table traceability a lot of the retailers and restaurants and they don't know because it's already 
altered by the time it gets to them that you can't recognize one white right, piece from right. another. Sure. Yeah, when that, I recall when, when tilapia became uh, a favorite fish. Yeah. Because uh, it was uh, very reasonably priced. And uh, after a while, I got hooked on it a little bit. And then I realized that it, it tastes very, very muddy. And then uh, did a little research on it, actually. And uh, it's a bottom-eating type fish and they farm them in ways we don't really want to know so well, it's so i stopped you know so yeah. i think that's all part and parcel of what's what's going on the well, good news is apparently in the european union they have a better system they it, do and and they trace the origins of the fish and they they trace the the path of the fish from it being raised to it being caught to it being processed Mm -hmm. and packaged and it's working and it's working so all we need to do is model our own system after theirs now will it change your eating habits will you stop eating fish for a while um i tend to eat arctic char when i can uh it's a little more expensive but i love it and i'm guessing that it's it's the one kind of fish i really can recognize right and I think I'll stick with that until I know yeah. <laughs> more yeah. about we, it. Uh, we, our, we eat a lot of salmon. <clears throat> my my grandkids, 12 and 7, they love salmon. Salmon, I love salmon. I mean, they eat it like it was candy, you know, absolutely. Oh, But that's one you can recognize. I, I'll well, know for it. sure, that and, but, and trout. Tr- you know? uh, yes, a bit. I like, yeah. like, uh, I like a good swordfish steak. That's, I do, too. I uh, love yeah, those. Awesome. But when you get to those frozen pieces of white fish, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people know if it's a sea bass or a sole or a tilapia or what it is, and that's how they that's how they manage to get it by you. Yeah, except for the texture. There is, there is a big difference in the texture of them. I, I agree. You know, but, but I, I, I mean, halibut's halibut. I mean, that's very recognizable for most people anyway. So. Yeah. I, I I I just think that's that's they they manage by time they uh, what is it take away all the identity of the fish and mm-hmm. cut them true up. When, once yeah. the skin's off it you don't know what it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I I don't know do you do you try and eat ethically here's one thing because it's not only the mislabeling uh, but it's the as you alluded to is the way the fish is farmed or caught or or whatever additives they put in well I certainly notice a lot in in restaurants particularly when I'm traveling. That they, a lot of restaurants um, will identify their fish as ocean-wise, and and that's a program that yeah. that assures you of the quality of the fish and the, the way the fish was raised and caught. Mm-hmm. And that's notable even on cans of fish too nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, is that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is is is? And we talk about these phrases of of uh, uh, the, you know how you spend your money. Do you can you shop ethically? Can you can you eat ethically? And much of this, you know, farm to table and local, buy local and all this. But I, I don't know, Robert. It's kind of tough to do it. Oh, it is. No, absolutely. Uh, if you really care what what you're actually eating. Uh, I have a son-in-law who cares, and uh, and we're very careful about what we buy. Yeah. Oh. I, I hope the Oceania people called on the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to kind of say, all right, you need to do what the EU is doing. So I hope they uh, they kind of pick it up. 
Uh, international deals, NAFTA. Well, it, whatever deal happens, they'll not be called NAFTA, as you maybe hear. Apparently Robert. not, no. Robert, uh, uh, Robert, you know that Donald <clears throat> Trump hates that term. It's a bad connotation. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which sort of makes me uh, instinctively <laughs> like it. <laughs> Instinct, <laughs> Anything yeah. that, that Donald Trump doesn't like, I tend to but like. you know, so. he, he's... Donald Trump talks like a bad horror story. He starts out with trying to be, you know, the bad guy and so on and so forth. And then two, three days later, he's backtracking. Yeah. Like he's doing right now, you know. And uh, he does a lot of it just in silence. And then they come back with something else. Oh, one of the know. somebody said that if we just changed the name and called it a deal, wouldn't that have been enough for Donald Trump? You know. Oh, more Probably. likely, more <laughs> likely. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, it's, it, after after all that, uh, do you think we can get a deal, Liz? I think so. By Friday. Think, um. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Donald had a very very bad week last week. <laughs> True. Like a to, really bad week. To say the least. So, yeah. so he needs some good news, and maybe this would be the good news that he yeah. needs. But yeah. he doesn't care. Uh, he has that attitude. No, he has that shrug and, you know, just... Uh, well, and, to go back know. to last week and, and that impeachment noose tightening around his neck, which, by the way... Maybe some of the news has forgotten about it, but there are people still working on this. Trust mm-hmm. me on this. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, that one of the somebody said that he just may, at some point, if it gets too tight, he'll just resign in disgust. To your point, Robert, like he doesn't care. At some point, he'll just say, "Okay." Yeah, I, and and I can see that as being a possibility because he's he still seems to be lost. Like he's always reaching out for, you know, he's he's saying the wrong thing ninety percent of the time, mm-hmm. right? And. Uh, to me, part of it is he had good advisors. He's you know around him, around him, and then he fires them as soon as they make you know, him look bad without trying to make him look bad. You know, we have the, we have the same thing going on right here in the region. Well, we do, and and <laughs> let's get to that. So the reference is the CAO, right, in the mess of regional council. Absolutely, CAO, yeah, yeah, and of course, and, and yeah. the chair. I mean, that's and, and the chair. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, it, it's just so upsetting that we are stuck with somebody that's telling us what's true when we know it's not true. He believes it. Right. He believes everything he's done, the hiring, the adding on to his contract, and so on and so on, is, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't go. Well, the other thing I heard that was like, gee, I make mistakes if I made a mistake. Well, I like I don't, I don't buy that, Liz. Do you? Well, you'd think that the reason he's in the position that he's in is that he's going to be very careful not to make mistakes. Um, however, as I understand it, we're bringing in outside help to assess this situation. Yes. Oh, the ombudsman. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really the only way to to really assess this. Um in a way that local people can feel is fair. Because otherwise, there can always be uh, arguments made that someone was was prejudiced one way or another. I agree, but I don't know why the masses aren't out with torches and picket signs. Well, <laughs> I, I, do we just sit and wait for the yeah. ombudsman to well, there maybe... was Yeah, there was a handful there one night, though, yeah, at one of the uh, meetings. 
maybe 20, 30 people with their signs to, you know, go to jail and blah, 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 and all this right, stuff going on. So that is there, but it's still not like an impeachment or whatever. And I would have thought by now that he would have been embarrassed enough to, besides saying, I'm sorry, that he should resign or step aside until the matter is clear. The chair. Absolutely, the yeah. chair. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and by the way, torches is a reference to old time protests. It's I don't want you to take torches anywhere. <laughs> Please don't do that. But <laughs> but fire how, department is and, calling, Larry. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like when you all you have to do is read minutes from the past to realize that the council has always voted as a whole to extend these contracts. Yes. It's common sense. And yeah. you're also approving a $230,000 yearly salary for a number of years. You're not approving a box of pens for, for the office. How, how do you not think, gee, maybe I better ask if I have the authority. That's what gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You're either... Yeah. You're, you're, I, I think it's just pure ignorance or power. Like, he just... Well, it's one hello, or the other. Hello. Which it's, well, I think he's well. got a bit. I think he's got a bit of both, though. You know, he's ignorant, ignorant with us, the public. You know, just to say, okay, I'm sorry. You know, like, you know, that doesn't really cut it. Uh, who advised him? You know, that it was okay to carry mm-hmm. on with this contract in the first place. Obviously, well, he said nobody did. Yeah, or nobody's telling us. Like they, they've got what two, three, four lawyers on the region. So where are they? You know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are all great questions. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And we're not. And I, you know, I, I hope more people are at least asking them. I, I really do. Well, we know Mr. Lafesh is. That's for sure. So yeah, yes. hey, yeah, yeah, he's done. He's done Grant's doing a good yeah. job. Yeah, he absolutely. always does. Uh, talk today that the federal government is at least going to look into the possibility of cities being able to issue full bans on handguns, assault mm-hmm. rifles. Uh, Liz, uh, would would a, you know should a city be allowed to do this? Have yes. their own authority? I think so. Um, I can't think of any justification for someone living in a city needing a handgun. Um, you're not hunting rodents in your backyard using a handgun. Should so not be. if you no. if you have a handgun, it's to shoot another person. And I don't believe that I need a handgun to protect me. I have police and um, I just I think it's ridiculous and I think that handguns are what is is contributing to the rise of deaths in our cities. Um, Toronto, look at Toronto, the good, mm-hmm. uh, which is not so good these days. Uh, I think we need to get rid of the handguns. Robert? Um, I have a mixed emotions on it. Uh, I see sport with a handgun, you know, the... That's been going on for you know a number of years. Your handgun has to be registered, unlike uh, in the U.S. So we know who has handguns out there for the most part. So to ban them, uh, the automatics, I wouldn't disagree with it. Uh, assault rifles for sure. You know we certainly don't need assault rifles, assault rifles, or semi-automatics. Uh, you know even uh, to, even rifles. In a city, uh, well, people that hunt obviously need them locked up in their home and looked after properly. Yeah. Uh, but a full-out ban, I think, would be very difficult. It would be, although I, I'm going to make a comparison to the uh, hands-free law. We already had a distracted driving law on the books. Mm-hmm. People say, why do we need a hands-free law? Because it took out a gray area. Mm-hmm. And this way, 
it, it gave police the authority to say, I know what you were doing. You can't argue whether you were distracted or right. not. This holding your phone is against the law. Bam, done. Yeah. It, it, is that a fair comparison to say, listen, we know you can't argue you're a sports person or this or that. It's a ban, and it gives them a little more power, whether you agree with that or not, to go, sorry, there's an no ban, the law's on my side. Well, I hear what you're saying about the sport aspect, mm-hmm. but perhaps there could be a modification, and if you want to use a handgun for sport, then it has to be stored at a shooting range. You can't have it in your home. Right. Maybe maybe that's the answer. But I no, I think that's a reasonable comparison. Yeah. I think you need to clear yeah, up the gray area. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, most uh, sportsmen uh, that have a weapon uh, in some cases actually have it stored at the police station. So they Even go and better. sign for it. Yeah. yeah. But they're already doing that in some way. Like, I came from Petawawan, and I know they, you know, they used to lock them up, and the guy would go and pick it up to go to the, the shooting range, and he'd sign for it, and blah, blah, blah. So there was, you know, that sort of thing. Now, my, it's all administration again. So, you know, we're looking at, you know, again, an awful lot of money to, to control what they're going to try and control. So, in Toronto, they're about to open up a uh, sex doll brothel. Uh, I, I don't know. They, uh, the, the, these dolls are apparently very lifelike and texture and everything, and that's... Is this even... They say it's illegal because it's adult entertainment, and, and they, they it might be illegal for zoning. But is it is it ethical, legal? I, I think it's pathetic. Is okay, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. However, uh, I think that if I were a parent walking past a place like that and it had suggestive signage plastered all over it, I wouldn't appreciate that. Um, I think. It's it's kind of hilarious. Apparently, they're very popular in Japan, Korea, Brazil, and Paris, of all places. Um, am I in oh. favor of them? No. <laughs> would I would I think my husband was cheating if he went to such a place? No, I think he was crazy. <laughs> but that's my opinion. I really thought it was a joke when I first, when I first heard about it's it, actually, especially, the, especially the the doll part, right? Like, right. I mean, sex and brothel, fine, you know, legalize it somewhere, whatever. <laughs> let's get on with it. But an actual, but, but like a rubber doll or vinyl doll, whatever it is, that's pretty sick. I, I just think it's sick. It's just not. I I did you know, I did do a bit of reading about it, and oh. there are some people who are advocating it, saying that it may give some. Men who have issues that they need to deal with, uh, a healthier outlet for dealing with them than oh, so if yeah, they were I've, with actual women. Yeah. I've got a doctor's note. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, there you go. I never thought of that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like therapy. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, yeah, no, there's an idea. I guess. I mean... Um. Well, I was, it's funny, I was reading up on this, and I, I flipped the page of the actual paper, Yeah. Uh, and the next page was Killer Robots, and a meeting in Geneva with, with Killer Robots, and I'm like, oh my God, how about people back to dealing with people oh, yeah, 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 on every yeah. level? Yeah. Killer Robots and sex dolls, yeah. and oh my God. Well, they get, they get sex on computers now. What do you mean? Well, you can oh, have sure. sex on a computer. On, yeah. Well, well, it's it's your area of expertise, Robert. No, it's not. No, 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 no. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding you, Robert. I, I'm just saying but they do. You mean not just 
porn sites or anything. You're saying? Well, they're, they're, I guess they're similar too. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Uh, the, the Japan is one of the big uh, promoters of right. going online and doing whatever they do, and yeah. Uh, before we run out of time, <laughs> let's just move off of that quickly. We can end on something else. Pumpkin spice latte already in stores. I'm doing a little unofficial roundtable survey this week if you're uh, in for it or not. I'm Liz? too hot for pumpkin spot, <laughs> spice latte now. No, I'm still at the iced tea stage. Yeah, too soon? Yeah, too, too soon, soon for me. And, but when it comes out, are you are you in? Actually, like in I'm not a big fan. I, I like either. pumpkin pie. But I don't want it in my latte. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like the flavor of it. I, I tried my my twelve year old grandkid. Yeah, she's a Starbucks. Her and her friends, Uh-oh. they're hooked on. Oh, we gotta go start whatever. And uh, anyway, I've tried it. Yeah, and then they put they put uh, was it cinnamon or cayenne or something on the pumpkin too, and right. it just to me it kills it. Yeah, but no, it's, right, uh, it's not for me. Actually, we've had no votes so far this week, so two more. Uh, yeah. Robert DeWolf, political critic, Rotarian co-chair, advisory board, St. Catherine's Museum, and Liz Fleming, local freelance writer, editor of Cruise and Travel Lifestyles magazine. Thank you both. Oh, you're Thanks, welcome, Larry. Larry. Thank, that's thanks our, to meet you, Liz. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it's our five thirty roundtable. <laughs>